Welcome to Catching Waves, episode 123, part 2. This was recorded on July 31st, 2018. Enjoy. Okay. So I think, Chris, I want you to to take this because it seems like you just listened to the last episode most recently. I did, I think, on Saturday, but you you knew exactly that we were like talking about Laird Hamilton, and if you can kind of just refresh it, and we can jump in. Oh boy, um, just what you were saying before. Well, we left off with. Uh... The little wild man surfer Laird Hamilton and doing something that he's afraid of every day and uh, obviously he's approached some uh, big waves and approached it with you know the mindset that he might just wipe out and that's not exactly a failure to him and uh, I appreciate that mindset I think often uh, at least for myself I'm approaching something, whether I'm starting to learn something new or, or doing something over and over again, is I, I'm doing something with the intent not to fail, not to have any, any move out of place, you know, and I'm, I'm actively resisting a particular outcome. And I think that draws, you know, that you're, you're siphoning energy away from the wave itself, you know, and I think it's a, it's a hell of a distraction. I, I know that uh, it's just one more thing you got to do. And uh, I think it can really, that alone can screw up your performance. You know, it's, hey, you've got enough on your hands to also have to worry about how it turns out. And it not going exactly as you want isn't really a bad thing. You know, worst thing that could happen, I mean, it's not a bad thing at all, is that you're going to learn, you know. And, uh, Sometimes you could find out that wiping out is it's fun. I think you have to experience that. Yeah, I think I like I feel like one of the best spots to be in life is both deciding what you want and then wanting what you have. Like a true try to 50-50 where I'm going to push and I'm going to try to focus on the things that I want to make happen and I'm going to be unrelenting on it. But then at the same time, too, whatever does come my way, if I wipe out, be okay with it and take the lesson. It's like trying to be in that spot. And I feel like whenever we're off balance, it's because we're not we're holding on to one of those a little too much. We're like, oh, this shit keeps coming my way and it's getting too real. And it's like you're disempowering yourself or you're pushing too hard. And you're like, I need to, to go that way. Something tells me old Laird is okay with wiping out because he's in check, whether he knows that or not, whether it's like a conscious thing or subconsciously, he's just strong in that way. I have a feeling that that guy's got a pretty good philosophy that he runs in his life to do the things that he's done that big. Yeah. Yeah. uh, In a way, I think it, uh, it reminds me, I mean, I think we all have experiences like that where we, we won't take our hand off the uh, the wheel and we have to go we have we have to make it go exactly the way we envision it the entire time otherwise we're just going to deem that as failure 
Um, but it just saps our energy, you know, and I think that, uh, and you give up on the overall goal. Um, I was just listening to, uh, not too long ago, but the podcast, uh, Rogan's podcast, uh, latest one with Jordan Peterson, and they were talking about um, that, you know, you're looking at all of life, and if you try to win every single game that you're playing, every single battle, you'll, you'll never get you know that that's not really the goal. You're supposed to try to win as as many. You're trying to win at life, and life is not one battle. It's you know an endless amount of battles, and it's, if you if you focus so hard on you know being the champ at this one little game that you're currently playing, that you're going to fail at life because you're going to boil it all down to this one moment. And you're not going to progress until you can let go a little bit. But when you do that, you get better across the spectrum. You get better at life. You get better at so many more games. Um, but when you start dictating you know, the way it should be, it's, God, that's just exhausting. And I think that it's in that sense i think failing you know if you want to call it that is probably the best thing that can happen to you you got to be willing to to get hit you know if you think you're going to go through life without ever losing you're not going to learn anything you're going to have to throw a party people are going to show up you're going to have a bowl of chips you're going to offer them chips nobody's going to have them cuz there's not going to be any value <laughs> no but it's true though like isn't that funny though how our natural inclination is to go towards not having that rocking the boat when i was listening to the first episode we did on this when phil was talking about the kids about your your children being fearful and how we look so nostalgic back to always nostalgia to anything. It was always better and it always will be better, but now sucks. It's like the key. But we look back to being kids and thinking like, when I was a kid, I had no worries. Everything was so good. And I love that you brought that up that I'm looking through their eyes right now and they're pretty freaked out all the time. There's some really good benefits from being an adult. And I, I've thought I've had this thought before, but it never like came together. Like when I was listening to the podcast earlier that I feel like there's stages in life that we go through and we're trying to push. Like I, I'll say, I've said before, like I've, I've induced a midlife crisis early. I feel like in, in my early thirties around the age of 30, when I think it comes usually once you, you go through being a kid and then when you're a kid, there's a certain point that we all went through. We couldn't wait to get laid and to go drive a car and do and have freedom and have your own choice. And then you get to that and all this worry sets in. All the adult shit that you took on, there's just responsibilities. And now you have to fulfill those and the anxiety that comes from it. And then we just get safe as an option. that you And you close out the creative side of being a kid and then you're just on easy street as an adult and it's like life loses the color that you had when you're a kid and then your freedoms it's like hey why am i gonna do that when i can just stay in the house and i'm not gonna worry about anything new coming my way that sounds like a lot of bullshit but i feel like combining those two things and taking the taking 
the best things that come from both is the message is that you're no longer a kid, but remember the good things about that. Now you're an adult, but don't get bogged down by all that shit. Slam them together and you're probably going to have a pretty good life. But I think a lot of people either never grow up or they never go past that. And you can get bogged down so easily because life can be tough. You know, I feel like that became really clear re-listening to this. Like, oh, that's a really good philosophy of life. It doesn't have to be the one that I subscribe to all the time, but it was kind of cool. I, you know, and and I was talking, uh, listening to the episode twice. Um, I love that. Phil, you got so excited when I was talking about nostalgia, and I was talking about it from like a purely just wonderful standpoint. And I love how you said, like, exactly, and then went into the terror that's involved. And it's funny when I was listening to it because I'm like, I don't think there was any contradiction because I remember that too. But there is that but you have nostalgia from that time period where you didn't have anything figured out and i think the great thing is is that sometimes we we think we do now but maybe we need to go back into that mindset where everything is fresh which is pretty terrifying you know i mean uh something about kind of Something I think is terrifying about just becoming, you know, getting into your middle ages or, you know, 30s, 40s and stuff is that you start to make, you know, you start to finally get those things that you've been shooting um, for all along. But then it's just about the maintenance, you know, but in some ways it would be really great to you got to formulate new goals. You got to revolutionize yourself a lot and you have to kind of get back to that mindset where. um it's it, not everything is so certain you know and i think definitely being a kid it's like you just you're you're this small little thing in this endless universe and you have a lot of questions and i i there's it's a scary it's scary but at the same time i think it it's that getting back to that world view again would it would renew yourself and the world you know, and it's it's not just sunshine and rainbows. It's uh, it's it's pretty eye opening. I feel like more often than not, we think of like the scary things about growth as like life and death, and it can happen. Like you can get eaten by a lion if you really aren't on point. But most of the time, it's scary, like your first boner. <laughs> like this might not go exactly how you wanted it to, but it's really not that big of a deal if you're not worried about looking like an ass so just get out there and go (laughs) and maybe learn how to tuck it up really slyly and no big deal phil what were your metaphors um well i can i can bring them up right here let me see here Um, this is just random. Like I have, I have multiple from different like perspectives and stuff, but, um, throughout my life, I've been told like just by my outside environment, something that has come back to me and it's like nicknames can be a metaphor. 
um, and at different times in different workplaces, people have said, oh man, you're a machine or you're an animal. And I've thought about that. And I'm like, well, what does that really mean? You know, cause like a machine is just set to do a task and it hammers it out. It's not thinking very much, you know, it's programmed and an animal very similarly in respect to that is it has default programming and it hammers a task and it's like it knows that but it doesn't uh, it doesn't necessarily go past its programming and I mean when I very first heard that I always thought like oh that's a good thing you know I want to be a machine I want to be an animal um, but you know as I'm um, diving into, or you know, have been for like the past 15 years, really uh, looking into what is something that is creative, because people have always said, "Oh, you're you're so creative," and um, I, you know, I, I started looking at like just the beginning of me starting out and creating things and it's like I wasn't necessarily creating anything I was reproducing things that I had seen so I wasn't coming up with new ideas I was just reinforcing ideas that were already out there again kind of the animal or machine you know it's like okay that's how I do it and I learned um, you know basic art skills I had an aptitude for it and then people reinforced that and so then I applied those skills with things I had seen and so I was reproducing I was being a machine and as I've been like trying to pull out of that mode and really come up with um, you know things that are unique or trying to say something new or add something new it's like whoa that's that's definitely not a machine and you have to think and so um, something that I would like uh, put out there to you guys uh, is hearing this. What would be a good metaphor to help reinforce another idea? You know, what would be the opposite of a machine, or you know, what would be the uh, the opposite of an animal that would have the ability to come up with its own ideas or create something that is, you know, actually original or have original thought. I, this, this sinks right into what I wrote down for my metaphors, because I think that there's a few, there's a million things we can use as metaphors to work. But I think that oftentimes they fit into the warrior poet model where the machine would be substituted for the warrior, the animal, and the poet and then I added a third which is what we talked about the comedian and the joker but like left brain right brain warrior left brain focused disciplined I think the opposite of that would be the poet whatever whatever way you want to express it right brain creative open playful and then the joker would be sinking of all of that observant unattached and entertained <laughs> But what are other what are other metaphors for the poet? You know that would fit more with machine and animal at that point because we're would, talking about no, the same thing. You know, it's we're hitting the same exact things on that. Yeah, 
Absolutely, and it's and it's funny because like just you bringing that up, I I start to like flashback to you know um, leaving high school. When I was in high school, I um, I had that art class, and I was I was pushing myself to create this portfolio, and I was really going for it. To I don't know what it was. It was like a some sort of contest or something like that. Um, it was an AP art class, and you know, it's like you'd get graded on on just a normal art class, and then you would know if you passed or failed the AP class. And so during that time, I was really like, I was pushing myself um, creatively to like come up with stuff, and it was like. I got to the end of that and then graduated and then I slam right into um, just blue collar work and I was working in a tire shop and it was like it swapped over where I like kind of just, you know, cold turkey. And then it was like I was just machine through that time. And before that, it was more like, you know, I, I guess it would be like that time was the warrior and before that it was the poet. And then... Um, and then I slammed back into poet during, uh, like full sale. And then I realized I'm like, okay, it's, it's definitely not one or the other. Cause if I'm just one, there's definitely another side to me that isn't being fulfilled. And I feel like right now is definitely like the time where I'm, I'm trying to become both or it's like in order to stay balanced, there's a part of me that is like, you cannot let go of hard work. You cannot, like physical hard work, I can't let go of it. Because when I've done that, I, it's, it's strange because it's like, it's not just getting comments from your outside environment. That's a big part of it. But it's as if people kind of organically know what you're supposed to be. And they, they sense that. And they're like, oh, you're looking a little small. Yeah. And, and that's almost like a barometer. And they know we like Van know? Halen. and <laughs> Yeah. And then, movies. yeah, exactly. Like, how the fuck and, do you yeah. know that? And it's just like, how do you know that? But they know that. They know that that's the, you know, that's the frequency at which we vibrate. And so when we're, um, when we're in that mode, um, and, we're, and if we were to balance both those sides, I think our outside environment would, like, understand. They'd be like, oh, he's, you know, that person's self-actualized. They'd be able to know it in a, in a moment. And it's, um, it's kind of strange because when you've, when you've gotten close to that balance there's this confidence that comes in and, it, and it's weird because I remember um, just to kind of like reflect a little bit when I was in, when I was in the tire shop, there was like two years when I very first went in there and it was, it was just like, put your head down and work. And I didn't have, I didn't have friends in there and it was hard and it was like wrestling all over again where it's just like, this is hard. I don't care for this. It's challenging. And uh, and it hurts, you know. 
And then I got to a point where it was like my personality started to come out and then other people knew like, oh, this, like that other guy who's quiet and is just working his ass off, he has no personality. But as soon as my personality, like I got comfortable with my environment and then my environment reflected back like, oh, wow, you have more to offer than just a ton of hard work, which we appreciate. But we want to know who you are. And then as soon as they knew who I was, then it was like, oh, it's on. Like, we really like you. And and I really like them, like some of them, you know. And then, then your environment is kind of like reflecting that. And it was weird because during that time, I remember um, there was, I, I always had a story to tell. After every single time I went into the tire shop, I'm like, oh, God. You guys are never going to believe this. And I remember Calgar would always go, he'd like slap his hands and rub them and get excited. And he'd say, ooh, Phil's stories are the best. And and that was such a, a gift that I didn't even know during the time. Because I was just like, I'd, I'd come home and I'd vent. And it was how I was venting that was a natural ability that I had of storytelling and I didn't realize I was just like this fucking guy comes in and he sounds like Woody Allen and he's asking about air and you know special air in his tires and Calgary just starts laughing you know like the guys are really enjoying it and then it would just I'd tell the story and that would be it and but then it became like this ritual like I'd come home and they're like you got anything tonight and it was like that was the entertainment for the night um and I wasn't aware of that ritual until after, but it was like there was some sort of um, blending of both sides that were going on where I was getting like the, a ton of physical activity out. My body was looking better than it had ever been. And then I was also like working this other muscle that I, I didn't really even know that I had up until that point in life. The Kegel. And it was... <laughs> the, the kegel <laughs> the the humor kegel muscle but uh but it's weird because it's like those those environments kind of bring that out of you and you know bartending was the same way um you get all that physical activity out and then you also get like this other like it was kind of just like shop humor um that that starts coming out because of that um but you need the right environment also you know in order to bring that out of you. So, um, yeah, I think the warrior poet is definitely, that's why it's like when, when that popped up at the end of Braveheart for whatever reason, it's just like, like we, there's no way when that movie came out in 95 or 94, I think it was 95, but there's no way that when that came out, I knew but I knew it struck a chord when I saw those two titles smashed together. I knew I felt it. I was like, Whoa, what does that mean? That means something. That means something to me. And it always hung around. Definitely meant, you know, something to you guys as well. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's, that's beautiful. I think that, and it's, it's like, um, hearing like, they fought like warrior poets. Like you said, at the end, they fought like Scotsmen. That it was like uh, they fought with more than just their heads, which is standard in guys that were, you know, testosterone and we want to fight. But, like, they fought for something that mattered. They fought with their head and their heart. And you can make that case, that left brain, right brain, 
that the warrior side and the the machine side comes from the mind from you know very much the ego and the 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 poet side comes from the heart that's your intention your intention and your focus that you're getting those in sync with each other to get it going on you know left brain right brain heart head that makes sense to me and it doesn't matter if it goes beyond that if that's what it actually is the metaphor of it works I think that's what this is. Absolutely. A lot of this is about. It's just finding the metaphors that work to get the results in life you want. Oh, I that's think, I think, and about. we have all felt that way. Like when we're we're, we're the machine, we're 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 doing mostly physical things, and it's not enough. And we're doing mental things, and then it's not enough. But it's the it's the melding of all these things together, whether or not it's being you know one activity or just it's it always seems to be like multiple. But you need all these outlets. You need them all together, and that it—that's the only way it really makes sense for you. Where you feel like you're expressing yourself in a total way, as opposed to, I'm, you know, just some grunt doing physical work or just some nerd doing calculations. You know, it's—I uh, and I don't know if anybody is really like that in the end or, or satisfied to that degree. It's when you have all your energies being expressed that that's when we feel complete. You know. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it's it's strange because the feeling there were like two ideas that popped up both uh one when Nate was talking and then one when you were talking there Chris. I'll start with you um the idea that popped up when you talked Chris. Um when Nate and I when we were at the end of the very first day that we were shooting Fatal. Um it's like we were or no, actually, it wasn't the first day. It was one of the first days. But we went down to Sabercat, and we were coming out of there, and I was exhausted. And we're like, it was before we had the cart, and we're carrying all this stuff. I was just exhausted, and, and I had kind of a feeling of like, you know, Danny Glover's line in Lethal Weapon, where it's like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> I really started feeling like, I'm starting to get a little bit older because, you know, I was just like, this is really physical and we've been physical all day. But at the exact same time as we were leaving, um, there was a balance within me that felt amazing leaving, you know, because it was like we had we had worked hard all day on creative stuff and we were also getting that that physical side out and we got that physical side out because there was a ton of gear and it was just like we're getting i was exhausted i was like both creatively and physically exhausted and i was just like just wiped and it was the clearest my mind had been in a long time because because i depleted both of those yeah you know that day and and it just feels like if i don't get both of those out there's unrest and that and if i don't there's like a certain amount that if i don't get on either one of those levels i can't sleep like i will go to sleep and i'll wake up at like three in the morning my body's just like you don't know you didn't get enough of the both of those it's strange that you don't sleep well and you you wake up and you're exhausted it's like yeah it it's very confusing too because it feels like the only you can't just go back to sleep and everything will be all good you just need more sleep it's 
you're you've got to reevaluate how you're using your energy you know but nothing feels better than a full day of work when you express multiple energies and you're tired and it just feels just amazing you're going to get the best sleep of your life you know and yeah. you're going to feel uh, content and satisfied with what you did and sleep is just going to feel so rejuvenating you know the other part with Nate, I can't even remember now, so I, I suppose I wasn't supposed to remember. I know once we listen to this episode, I'll be like, that's what it was, but it's gone. So let's let it, let's let that be. Cause that's another thing that I'm working on. Just let those things go. If you're <laughs> can't, can't fight it. It was, it was meant to be blocked for this time being. What do you, what do you guys think it is? I have the same experience and it's usually if I get up early if something wakes me up and I can't get back to bed, usually if it happens in the summertime, if it's hot or, you know, if I randomly on occasion get a little drinks in me and I wake up early and I can't get back to bed and I'm exhausted, but I can't go to bed. So I know like I got to write it out. So I get up and then during that phase of being exhausted, I have some of my best thoughts, just like you're yep. talking there. What is that? Yep. Is that that your brain, that your head is, your mind is getting out of the way and you're having more clarity? It's like you're so tired that you can't even work up the energy to overthink like we usually do. And we just don't realize how like engaged we are. What, what do you think? Uh, the, um, this kind of shoots back to uh, something that I was thinking about um, earlier. When when I got like really drunk and I became ACV cold, all that, what I, I realize now is that during that time when I was so physical, constantly physical, there was another side that was not getting out. And it was a, it was another, it was a muscle that I had worked out for a very long time all the way up until that point. And it's like, I just turned it off and you don't turn it off. It just builds pressure. And so that, that other side of you, you know, your creative engine, whatever it is, it still needs to get out, you know? And as soon as, and because I was, I was blocking it out. I was like, no, this, I don't have any need for you right now. And that pressure just continues to build and build and build until something blocks the other side and we start throwing back a couple for the very first time and it just completely blocks out the machine it's like no no no, this is fun time <laughs> and and that wall goes you know one wall crumbles down the other one goes up and it's like you're not going to be serious right now this is pure 100 percent creativity and you've been blocking for at that point what four years something like that just blocking it out not using it at all so it's just been building pressure and and i remember during that time as soon as that came flooding out it was like well it's too much i'm having all these ideas it was it was absolutely insane and uh it was such an incredible like I can't control any of this and I don't want to control any of this. This is so much fun to see all these things that have been, you know, just like the dam had broke. 
and and obviously you don't want to be like that because there's no really controlling that flood you know people are looking at you like what the hell is what is going on I remember Aaron, you know Aaron would distinctly know when the wall broke it's like no you're not there yet like that's not that creative and then all of a sudden he's like yep he's there <laughs> just saying stuff and it's it, you know there's no faking that where you're comp- you have shut that other part out there's um, full confidence even though you know perhaps you shouldn't have confidence in some of the things that you're saying that are coming out during that but I think that's that exact same thing is that you wake up early in the morning and uh, you you haven't gotten into your routine yet your mind is still fresh from being in um, in a mental space like that's what dreaming is is that you finally shut off the linear side of your mind um, the controlled program this is what we're doing you know your routine that's all shut off because the other side of your mind needs to be worked and i think you're right nate when you were saying that like most adults they they shut that completely off doesn't mean that it's not there um it just means that they're they're getting that kind of release during sleep and i think that's also why like i've experienced um, a lot of creative people have hard time sleeping why because they are exercising muscles that most adults don't use during the day at all so they're exercising that they don't need they feel like they don't need sleep their body does but their mind doesn't because they've been working out how to utilize that like pure creativity that they would get during sleep for like problem solving they're using that throughout the day and so that becomes an issue um There you have it. <laughs> well, I, I think that there's a lot of things that could have some similar effect. I, I noticed, I think you and I, Phil, talked about this. Um, I, I noticed that when I was doing graveyards and I'd be coming home and it was always when I was driving home early in the morning and then I would just have this really goofy state I'd go into and I was entertained by my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it was, and like you said, there's no faking that. There's no effort. It was like, oh shit, I should really write this down. You know, this is really funny to me. But there is, I think there's a lot of things that can do that. Um, waking up and being rested and being kind of just in that, like you said, you know, you're not completely online yet. You're not, you know, you're still kind of loose and you're alert, but you're very calm. Um, there's a lot of substances that can do it and I can see that it's very enjoyable and that's why people would want to you know they they get too overzealous with those states and they want to they want to use more and more but um, th- there's a lot of things that bring it on I, I I've been thinking about that lately just uh, God what was I, I think they were listening to those podcasts that Rogan had with uh, Dobbins or whatever his name is or um, yeah Goggins Rick, Go- not not Goggins but Rick, uh, Rick not Doblin that he doesn't Dobbins from Maps yeah. um, but you know he's talking about that that neural default gateway or whatever and I wonder if it has something to do with you know I mean it's just words we're using here but the default mode network yeah I wonder if it's that 
somehow that's he he related it to when that's failing or simply not online the way we normally think of it um they saw a similarity between you know using this substance and having that go offline and being in a flow state you know and i was like and they were describing this neural gateway as something of this this self-awareness and when that kind of drops offline your there's this just expression this natural expression that comes out and anybody who's ever exercised or you know done there's so many different things that could do it or simply just been engrossed in in this new activity of learning or you know uh phil you've mentioned it with rock climbing you know something happens where you're completely immersed and it's like you're no longer protecting and guarding and asserting this other thing and this natural expression can kind of just come out and i everybody loves those states hearing you talk about that that's why i think i've had experiences with um with different states of being and i feel like that's what points to what far smarter people than i i think tesla referred to it as this that your brain is a receiver not a generator maybe it does both i i definitely think the paradoxes are more common than not so it's probably both but it makes sense when you hear things like the default default mode network gets shut down on things like psilocybin and your loss of self happens and it's like you're not getting a smaller view of things you're getting a bigger view you're getting a a wider bandwidth that a lot of the structures that we have to keep us safe are limiters which are great because they give the separate the separate sensation of having an experience but you start to fall back into oneness and the connection of all things that makes sense to me that really does and i've had experiences with it i think we've talked about it where i feel like something is is uh like cannabis and alcohol they're going in different directions on a spectrum of becoming more self-aware less self-aware one of them is going pointing right into my ego but it's a yin and a yang it's not like they're disconnected like my inhibitions go away so there are some things that i'm super creative on and the same thing goes with and you know not as fearful same thing goes the other way where it's like i feel like i become more of the poet and i'm viewing life in this beautiful artistic way but my fear is heightened too i don't want any of it every day <laughs> and i don't yeah, want too much yeah. of either but it is it is interesting experimenting with those things and seeing how there's value to those experiences it's uh but it, it just gives you more questions i don't think that it's, I don't think we've arrived at a point where anybody has exactly what's going on. And I think that where I, what gets me most excited is looking at history and people that are exploring alternate history and timelines and seeing that maybe people had this figured out before, before us. Maybe we're not as smart as we've ever been. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they didn't have, you know, better technology like cell phones and stuff. Maybe they had be- better technologies within figuring these things out and they had a lineages. And I think there's there's a lot of smoke to that fire, and there's some, yeah. You know, I'm not gonna go too far into. We, you know, I mean, this for me hearing that, like, we've touched on this idea multiple times. Okay, what happens? What happens to say a caveman who, rather than developing technology and making the wheel and using a rock to do something he comes up with a different way you know 
he instead of using an outside tool he learns how to do something that was a rudimentary like basic step but it was mental you know um say they had all the time in the world and one of them was like i want to move something with my mind and they were just thinking stupidly because they had never you know they're in this primitive state they didn't know otherwise but maybe they used you know the energy of belief because maybe they foolishly once rather than like watching uh you know, a chunk of rock that was shaped like a wheel, it like fell down a mountain. They're like, oh, wheel, you know, and they're thinking like, I could use that. Maybe instead of that, they saw something fall down a hill and they thought, they truly believed with all their thought energy that they moved it on their own. And so instead of coming to the conclusion that I can take that physical object and put it on a cart and use that as a wheel, they said, I can take that physical object with my mind and move it. And they spent energy and time harnessing that ability. And then years down the road there, that fork determines, you know, um, a higher civilization of people that are using their mind instead of like a physical attribute you know i don't know that that may be ridiculous maybe that's not even possible but when you think of you know everything getting down to the atom level and they're like everything is just energy so a thought is actual energy like we think of it as like not a physical thing but it is a physical thing because you are you're creating something in your mind like nikola tesla it was documented that he very often would go through in his mind and test things out. So rather than going through the time and energy of pulling out a piece of paper and drawing down schematics and blueprints of a design to see if it would work, he would sit there and just close his eyes and take that thing like he was in Maya in a 3d space he was visualizing so he He was using his he was using his visual ability to take it into that realm instead of actually sitting down and building it and using the time that way he was just sitting there and he was like testing it and he's like okay that will work and then he would just draw out the final blueprint and people were like how did you do that right away he's like oh that was like the 30th attempt you're like what? Yeah, he w- he went through thirty different iterations in his mind before he even put one drawing down, and he only put one drawing down for a lot of them. Some of them he did, you know, maybe they were more difficult or whatever. But that to me is fascinating because well, I, I, I it might like, be uh... that's something that I run through like as I'm you know writing. Oftentimes I'm like. I'm going through the entire story and I'm like, okay, that, 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 that. And then other times I'm like, ah, I just have to test it out, you know, and I'll like test out a couple scenes and I'm like, can I see the whole thing? No. Okay. So it's like right now, 
you know, I'm working on the second draft of uh, a fatal, but I'm like, this isn't the second. I've had so many different ideas and different pathways. I'm like, this is probably, it's probably got to be around like number 15 with how many different iterations of like the characters and like different possibilities that I've run through, maybe even more. But it's like, okay, no, I, I have the general idea. And as you work it, that also affects it too. So I don't know. Chris. I would think a, com- a common thing for uh, going back even further than Tesla, um, there would have to be a lot of people doing thought experiments like that. I, I, how many of Da Vinci's ideas? He didn't have the tools to to bring it outside his own head or outside a drawing, you know? Um, And who's to say that there weren't better thinkers back then, but they just didn't have the physical tools that we have now, you know? And maybe, maybe we're not as great at thinking anymore. I don't know. Oh, that's definitely happening. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We have, we have technology to a fault. That's for sure. We're we're not on the whole getting, more focused and smart that's i we're very crafty well, but maybe not very wise <laughs> phil yeah. you Clever. mentioned the whole thing about being distracted by our cell phones and i a lot of people say it it's like there's is that gonna is that gonna cause a recession of some sort for us you know i don't absolutely I, you know i look at it's funny working in a high volume spot and seeing all sorts of social things the biggest thing that i saw that I noticed that was starting to change is that younger kids that were brought up with having cell phones as long as they know, they don't look in the eye. I would ask them questions. There were social cues that were missing. They wouldn't, you know, how are you guys doing tonight? And they wouldn't look you in the eye or even answer. They would just look down. But I feel lucky because that makes it clear that that's stuff that I already got. And I'm not afraid to look you in the eye. So if I go in an interview against someone that's younger than me, I'm getting the job. You know, that's an advantage that comes with it. Now it's up to us to push that forward. I think every generation has that where they see like kids these days kind of thing. And it's like, well, there's there's certain weaknesses we have as far as the way we approach stuff. But maximize your your things that you've done and show and exemplify that and make things stronger. But there's always going to be like dip, peaks and valleys and dips, I think. And that relating to what people may have known, like what did Da Vinci, what can I, in Tesla, what kind of things were they doing to get to those places? Because I don't think that genius, and Phil was talking about, we were all talking about this in the last one, where like we, we lie to ourselves and tell ourselves that there's naturals at anything. And I, I think that there's different starting points and people have aptitude. And that goes if, I don't know if you guys have ever read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, but I really like his work. It, it it relates a lot to what you're talking about with the wheel, Phil, of one tiny fraction of a, a difference in history can create momentum down a different way, just like Jeff Goldblum with the water. I mean, those things going forward, knowing that and knowing maybe some of the things that happened in my life have shaped me to here, but I can level that. I don't need that to be the thing. Like I might, I might go back into that pattern, but I don't have to let that be a key trait of mine. I can change these things or I can work to put myself in places that go against that and change that. But like Da Vinci and and those guys, what were they getting down to? I think we can imagine what would possibly do that. And I think sitting in 
in quiet thought, contemplative thought might open stuff up, but it's just fun to even think about the possibilities. Like how can I combine the peaks of what we have now with the abilities that they had then and try to go further with these kinds of things instead of just going about my normal day and fulfilling my normal needs. Like that's great too. But I think we're all here because we want to figure out how to go a little more and learn from these kinds of guys, their processes. Yeah. I mean, thinking about what they were doing where they had copious amounts of time and they didn't have very many distractions, you know, like they had to go to a theater to watch a play. Um, and that, that took more energy than just sitting in their home and going, I'm going to turn, I'm going to click a button and I've got entertainment. I got, I got a distraction right here. They just had time, you know, they had, you know, and I think there are different kinds of people. If you have a ton of time, there are people that will just go nuts because they don't know how to entertain their thoughts. They need, um, I, I don't know, I guess they need an activity. Oh, I, I, I think everyone does. You know, they need some sort of activity or something to, to keep their mind going. Some people will, um, I don't know, I, I can't think, any, really right now, I can't think of anything outside of like my own habits, but it's like, if I have a lot of time, I will be doing something creative. Perhaps people, there are some people that would just be doing something that's outright destructive. If they're bored, maybe they want to make life hell for somebody else, or you know, maybe they want to, they see something that's you know perfect and they want to make it imperfect. I don't know, but um, but Da Vinci and Michelangelo, they just they they had they had time and they had very little distraction. And so that was the result. And so they got to levels that will never be touched unless someone recreates that and blocks out all distraction, which is extremely hard these days and which I've been trying to do, Mm -hmm. you know, um, as best I can to, to harness the other side of things. I don't, you know, I don't want ads popping up. I don't, you know, um, I don't need the day to day. You know, I, it's weird. Cause like looking at, uh, just, you know, like social media in general, there's a very like keeping up, but I think it's kind of nice to let time go by and, and to have, um, you know, something to talk about. Yeah. Like something real, like, Whoa, yeah. what is going how on are you? with, uh, yeah. How are you? And, you know, and really needing to know, cause like just thinking about, um, mine and like say Brandon or Aaron or even Calgary's relationship. Um, like when I talk to those guys, I, they don't have, they don't have a Facebook. So it's really, it's actually really nice and refreshing because it's like, what is going on? I don't, I don't know. I didn't see your, you know, your latest post. So I'm, I'm really interested and I want to know and get caught up and then I can go and do, you know, do my thing. And it's not like, because I'm not interested. It's like, because I'm, you know, 
I do want to do my life too. I don't want to do her. It takes too much energy to do everyone's life. Well, you know, you just, something just clicked right there because I felt for a while that. One second. Keep going. Okay. I felt for a while that social media is something that I, I'm not on and I, I don't miss it. And it's not for me, but I, there is a amount of connection that I am giving away by having that. But at the same time, I have all the ways to get in touch with the people that matter to me and we're all busy right now. So that's okay. But there's something that sticks with it that just clicked in and it goes with seeing pictures of things and, and knowing things about someone's experiences recently that you don't need to ask them about it. And I, I unfortunately do not remember, I hate to be the quote dropper, but it's, it's a good one where someone said, if you name me, you negate me. And it's as far as solidifying something on your own so you're not allowing it to be what it is. And I think that's what happens when you go on social media and you go, hey, how you been? And we're like, oh, really good. We just went to Yosemite. And my first thought would be, oh, yeah, I saw the pictures of that. It's like I'm stopping it. I'm naming your trip like, oh, yeah, I saw you went there. I don't need to hear anything more about it versus it's like <laughs> I have this reference point in my head of what it already is without letting it grow versus you saying, oh, we just went to Yosemite. And my mind starts going, ah. Oh, and I'm actually living with you now in this thing yeah. that we're engaging with it. I think that the, I think that a lot of the social media trends right now, and I'm sure they can get better. But what I experience is it's not adding as much to my life because it's stifling everything. That I don't need your input. We're not actually connecting through an, a shared idea of something because it's been named. It's been negated. That and that doesn't always have to be the thing. That's it's not an absolute. But that just clarified it for me why some of the reasons that I wanted to take a little bit of a break from it. Absolutely. And that's and that's something too that I think like I'm I'm not uh, I'm not done, but at the same time, like it's really not the time. I've got so many yeah. I've got too many I've got too many things going on. Um and I've already like I I recently decided I'm like okay, I've I've experienced um, like doing stand up and I'm like this is awesome this is a this is something that I would love to do you know more of down the road but right now I'm like God time that on this last one I'm I'm like working it right now I even got to the point where I was like I should probably just call it off and like let them know and i'm like no i already made a commitment i'm gonna freaking do it um but i'm like but i need to pause on this because it what i thought was gonna take just a little bit of energy takes a lot of energy and it's like this is a this is a discipline man like and i there's no way i have enough time for it right now and Cause I'm trying to freaking make, you know, oh, I'm in the process of making a movie and it's like, that takes so much freaking energy that I, I can't do one or the other justice and being a, a parent at the same time. And then also having a part-time job. It's like, ah, it's too much, but I'm glad I experienced it. It was, it's freaking, um, it's been crazy just to do even the, you know, just twice. And then I'm going to be doing it a third time. It's like, it's an unreal experience of going up there and being like, this is just something I created and I'm releasing it. And it's, 
nerve wracking. And there's all these things that are like tied to that experience. So it's like, wow, this is great. But you know, it's like how many freaking things can you try to juggle at once? That's I think. Sorry, you made a cutting board. Doesn't mean you can't go back in the shop later. It'll be it'll be more comfortable when you decide to go make a sign or something. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, it's just uh, it it, it's breaking down like those little things, and you're like, now I've already done it, and you get like confidence. It's weird how confidence kind of grows simply because you've done it once or twice. You're absolutely right with the metaphor of uh, you know, uh, wood shop. Okay, I, I need you guys' help. Okay, um, I'm always trying to come up with, with life philosophy, applied life philosophy, and one of the ones, one of the metaphors. This might not be a straight up metaphor, but it's definitely like a structure. Is something happened for me as far as being the warrior side, the machine, the animal, realizing that success was not about being comfortable. It was about being comfortable, being uncomfortable and that that'll pop up it's not like you say that once and it clicks but i'll notice like fuck i'm getting uncomfortable oh this is about being comfortable being uncomfortable nobody's comfortable right here keep going go further i think that something for the other side of things for the poet or the the heart side or the, the right brain the creative side i'm trying to think of what that would be and i think that's something that a muscle that's getting harder to flex although it's popular right now because I think we collectively know that we need it, the meditative state. And I'm thinking like something like entertained only with your thoughts or something like that. But what's a good key like that? Being comfortable, being uncomfortable. And the idea is to get have something that's a shortcut and a metaphor to get me to the point to realize like, oh, I need to sit and just be alone with my thoughts and make that a practice. And that's how I get to Da Vinci thoughts that's a little bit of grandiose, but, but along that path where I'm flexing the muscle of being quiet and going within my own creativity and my own mind and subconscious mind, throwing that out to you, being entertained by being bored, something like that, you know, a little shortcut. Yeah. There was, when I was listening to, um, Pete Holmes interview, Mark Duplass, Mark, talked about they were they were going off on their uh, Ram Das and they're both definitely into that and excited about um, his teachings and but they had said something that I don't know if it was his teaching per se or if it was um, you know in some other book but they were talking about these monks that would wear wool sweaters um and the wools really and they would wear it without like a shirt underneath so like that would just irritate their skin so they would be aware at all times and it was like it, it would put them in the state that i think you're talking about of like you know um of just awareness of like they're they're comfortable in one sense that they have all these other things and they're aware of, you know, they're being, they're being grateful for everything that they have. And then they have this thing that makes them also grateful for, you know, um, 
for when they get to take it off or you know <laughs> and, and it's something like it's there's kind of like a common thread there when i think of like wim hoff and he is talking about cold being his warm friend <laughs> and it's such and it's true because it's like whenever i've done like really ice cold showers or i you know for a while there i was like jumping into the pool and it was really cold it's almost like you throw your mind into this other space where you're like, I know right now isn't comfortable, but I know how comfortable I'm going to be as soon as I get out. Mm. So you stay in longer because you're almost like, once I get out, it's going to be really comfortable. Like I'm going to feel really good. You know, after we jump in mom and dad's pool in December, you go through and it's like you can rush to get out, but if you just like take your time, you you know you're gonna make it out. You know you're gonna get out on the other side, and it's gonna feel great. And it does. It feels amazing. So it's like it almost makes you want to stay in a little bit longer for whatever reason, because you know like that's what's that's what you're getting to. But I think that's kind of like a metaphor for life, right there that oftentimes we get into the pool and it's like really uncomfortable and we don't make it to the other side of the pool we just like ditch off to the right and like try to get out or we like jump in we're like ah we backpedal and we try to get out of the pool as quickly as we possibly can because it's uncomfortable and it's like no nah, just good like you can get to the other side it's just um it's realizing and, and throwing your mind to that you know like you're going to be uncomfortable during this time, but it's going to feel so good once you get out on the other side. I don't know. I, um, I've always had this, this weird feeling when I was doing a lot more, I had more on my plate and you, sometimes you, you'd probably reach that, that state of that, that gateway is probably falling down, but you get this weird, I get this weird feeling like, how the hell am I doing so much right now? You know, I, I thought, you're pushing yourself a little past your comfort zone or a lot past your comfort zone and you're and then uh and somehow you get through it you know you're in the batter's box and you've got the weight on your bat and then you do it so when the weight comes off it's easier and it's funny because as soon as it does come off and maybe you spend a little extra time with it off you think back you you remember when you were doing so much or you know you were doing more and you're like how the hell was i ever able to do that but then that that old man syndrome comes up and you're like i can't do that anymore and it's like yeah thinking like that and you could just resign yourself to that new fact and it'll be true or you could slowly start you know pushing in that opposite direction and i know we're all capable of it and you could get comfortable being uncomfortable again and or you know used to it but it's very easy to get uncomfortable being uncomfortable um but it's that i think that's the secret of like uh you know any type of adaptation is that it's good for you and it's uh it's 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 strange but you could start to enjoy it or appreciate it or even when you're like you know, right now I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's gonna feel good getting in my warm bed or turning the the heat up or whatever it happens to be, and you could, you could start to push the envelope 
you know even more and go it's gonna feel even better if i go a little bit longer you know yeah um that's cool i uh i that that wool sweater that's that's a little brutal that's i mean that's self-inflicted torture you know uh in a way unmoved by what's outside yeah i i understand that mentality but it and it's something that you have to continue to do it's not something that you're you're dynamic you're you can't just go i it, i hate that mentality that oh i'm not young anymore or oh i'm getting old now it's you're you know you're what? a lot more I, flexible fuck, than i'm <laughs> so grateful i'm so grateful because for people that we were watching at a very young age um schwarzenegger van damme um stallone those guys are metaphors you know for whatever reason we watched those movies and we we're like um wow look at those guys you know and they have proven there's a certain amount of um i don't know defiance that it's almost like that crew like you, you look at Dolph, like all those guys have almost made a pact. They're like, no, we don't grow old, <laughs> you know? And it's like, I'm sure there are a lot of, um, a lot of similar stories, even outside of like the entertainment industry, but the, all those guys, they've kept them, their, their bodies in peak physical form. And to see that as a metaphor, you know, just for other things as well, that it's like, doesn't end um you don't have to adopt the that mentality of like well you know i'm you know i don't even want to say it like i'm aging and so this and that's like for for whatever reason i've always remembered that old schwartzy who looked absolutely insane in predator he was 40 when they shot that he was 40 and if you look at uh terminator 2 i think he was 44 he was already like um if you if you look at it there's like a couple scenes Mm -hmm. you can already tell it's like he's a little bit older his pants like were a little bit higher or something and i noticed i'm like oh he's he's got like the old man pants kind of going on right there just because like there are things that are happening he still looks amazing though Mm -hmm. it's like dude he's he's in his mid 40s and he looks unreal and that kind of has always been in my mind where i'm like now we're we're actually still very young it's just that there are so many people that let go of that so early on and they're like this is reality this is truth and it's like no you make your own reality you make your own truth and you just set your truth too low (laughs) and that's all there is that's all there is to that is that you you created your reality low and i think we all do it with various different things and that's where we suffer is that you know we have set our our goal or you know our bar reality on something too low and then you're like uh i'm suffering because of that i think one is that we change our priorities and um, another thing is that 
as a kind of more collective society, um, there's almost in a very general sense, um, it's, it's very easy just to relax into, um, you know, well, everyone says this, you relax into cliches, you know, and it's socially acceptable or it's okay if you're an old guy and you're not ripped, you know, or you're not sharp as a tack or whatever. But what would happen if, you know, some 70 year old, you know, you know, benched 500 pounds, did a four minute mile. And what if more people did that? And that was, we'd have more people doing that, you know? And I think as soon as that becomes possible, I, I, I know that we'd have more people doing it. I think that, um, and we shouldn't be afraid to be the, the first one to do something like that, whatever that happens to be. It doesn't have to be physical. But, I mean, I have my own a uh, aspirations, at least one of them right now, is that I'm going to get in better shape than I was at any age. Why not? I enjoy yeah. working out. I It's a release <clears throat> for me. It's fun. I like the results. And I really don't, there's not so much so much uh stress about trying to get to a certain place it's just no screw this i i, I don't like the mentality uh, of resignation and i want to get rid of that more in my life and no because i want to you know yeah and that that becomes something that you get to parlay into other things i like right now it feels like there's so many things that i feel like are um they take they take time they take energy and they take belief and it's really easy to for whatever reason um kind of like be too harsh on myself with those things when i've never had a finish line with my body i've never thought of it that way and it's like why can't i apply that same mentality um why can't i use the body as a metaphor for all aspects of my life it's like i'm not looking to get to the end of this thing i'm not looking to finish up i'm i'm doing it because every single day when i when i do that thing it makes me feel good it makes me feel good today it makes me feel good in you know 10 years it makes me feel it'll make me feel good to know like uh you know in 20 years i potentially could be in better shape than i am today healthier stronger and have people be like what the fuck that would be great like how great would that be if in 20 years you know we're walking all three of us are walking around and you're like i got a what the fuck today <laughs> yeah I, you got a what the fuck yeah i got a what the fuck today you know um from some young kid what the fuck yep got another one because and it's and it's funny because we actually uh Kristen and I recently did a what the fuck um to there was this lady and and she was walking on the side of the road and I was driving and Kristen goes she's like what the hell's going on here so I thought that lady because like I moved past her and then we stopped and then she moved past us and she was walking she's like i thought that lady was young and i look over for the first time i didn't see her face yet and i was like 
which which lady she's like that lady right there she's probably like 60 or 70 and i was like i'm looking at her from the back and i'm like that looks like a, a 17 or 18 year old she goes no look at her face when we pass her and we pass her and i almost crashed the car because i was like what like it was the most deceiving thing i had ever seen and it was like an asian woman and you know how asians even in their face they look young this woman must have been 120 because like her face looked old but like everything else she she did she looked like she was in her 20s it was ridiculous it's inspiring I, i've been uh i i not only at the gym but in other places too i i've noticed there's a lot of girls and and women that are built you know and it's like i, I there's something not just it's a great physique but i think there's something about caring like you know you're there's a you're you're sturdy you're strong you know and i think that it's i mean i've seen some impressive uh physiques saw this one lady uh at the soccer field uh last year and she must have at least been 40 and i swear to god i was like it was shocking i was double i did a double take i mean she's got some serious thighs and glutes i'm going what the hell like how much do you squat you know because i you go to the gym all the time you see guys that can't do that and it was just it's not even a an attraction thing i i really want to go up and say you're that's awesome i mean period you know yeah Um, or nate you had said it too and i i love the i love the way you said it but it's like I, I think it was in reference to Arnold too, but it's like you had said, let's yeah, let's let's aim to be silverbacks, you know. I mean, let's be sixty-year-olds yeah. with you know some yeah. some gray, but I mean some 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 guns, you know. I mean thick neck, thick neck, trim, thick backs, uh, you know. Yeah, there you go. Trim midsection and built like a bulldozer. I don't know. It's just uh, it, to me, it seems like, uh, and it's just one aspect of self that I, I want to have there. I want to be sharp, creative, you know, um, good all around. You know, vital. Yeah. Yeah, vital. Yeah, that's a great, great word. <laughs> I don't know why it's popping up in my mind. But I think this is important too. Is the the flip of it? What are you? Because we only have so much time in life. What are you willing to let go? What metaphors are you willing to let go that like potentially other people, you know, maybe in their life, may maybe it's been a very important part of their life. But like, <clears throat> I want to be, you know, like I can let go of the version of me that was supposed to be a high level mathematician. Like I, I, I never even, cause like, that's the thing is that like, we choose these things. Um, and we have so many pathways and it's weird because, you know, I, a couple years ago when I went to that rock climbing gym, I was really excited about it. And then I watched a documentary. I think I watched the documentary before I went to the rock climbing gym but I watched this documentary and there was there was a calling like I could I could feel it within me that I was like 
had I been open to it earlier on, this would have been something that would have fulfilled me, you know, and it hurt. And I, and it like, it hurt, like, like, like I, I could have done that. And, and it felt like that would, that was a potential avenue that I would have been really good at is rock climbing. And, and then like my mind flashed back to all these, you know, like little signs here and there. Um, it may sound ridiculous, but it's like, um, you know, reading Spider-Man magazines and, and seeing that he had that ability. And for whatever reason, my subconscious was like calling out in different little, two different little metaphors to try to like, Hey, you can do this. Hey, you can do this. But then it's like that never took. But then as quickly as that feeling hit, I was like, nah, it wasn't meant to be. Cause if it was meant to be, it would have been meant to be. I would have, you know, um, I would have broken down walls to get to that. But it's like, how many of those things do you kind of hold on to that just, they hurt. And you were never like, that was never meant to be, you know, um, cause I get like my mind goes to wrestling. When I went through wrestling, it was just painful. I'm like, ah, I don't like this. And, and it hurt because I was kind of holding on to this image of like, I was supposed to be this. And it's like, if I could have just been layered in that situation, who knows, maybe I could have been that, but I didn't want to be. And I knew that and I could feel that. And I think that's the difference is that some people, they like jump into situations and they're like, they're either able to hold on loosely or just like let go a hundred percent. I don't know. I'm getting to a really weird uh, Well, and I, I, I think out. that it's strange. I mean, I know what that feeling feels like, but it, it's funny cause I, I've said this metaphor many times, but I, I loved it when I heard it, but, and uh, it was, it was related in the, um, to the subject matter of actually uh, like sticking to a diet, but it's like, I meant to stick to my diet and I have ambitions of, you know, eight weeks from now being here, 16 weeks from now here being here. But as soon as I, it, but it's, it's too much. So I'll cheat a little bit, but once you cheat, it's like, well, I, I've screwed up. I regret it, but it's like, it's, it, I just can't put that much into it. And then in this case, the metaphor was, um, you know, you cheat, you basically, you're driving a car and you get a flat and then you stop the car and say, fuck it. I can't go all the way. So I'm not going to go at all. So you shoot the other three tires and I loved it because it's like, and then you, you feel regret, but, but why? Like you still have something in there. What just take your losses. You did as much as you could. Um, why would you, why is that thing inside of you? I mean, do you have any desire to do that? Maybe you only have enough to be able to maintain it at a very low level. Maybe you don't, maybe you're not going to be the ultimate rock climber or whatever it happens to be. 
but it's not satisfying you. It's painful to you to not do it at all right now. So why can't you find some way, even if you're not going to a rock climbing gym, you're not in competitions or whatever, maybe it's something that I need to build something in my backyard to let me do this yeah. a couple minutes a day. You know, And yeah. who knows, maybe in a month, a year, that might become something. You know, I'm, I'm starting a small little plant and maybe I'm maintaining it for a year, maybe five, maybe maybe in a week from now I'm pushing it. But there is something there inside of you. I think it, it takes a introspection and honesty. Um, I would hate to not foster that plant and be regretful 20 years from now and going yeah. like, well, I had enough. I had enough time. I had enough energy to do something, and I chose if I'm not gonna if I'm not gonna go all the way. If I'm not gonna be number one in the world, I'm not gonna do it at all. Like that's insane. <laughs> it is insane. It's insane for for so many aspects in life, and we think it's a very common thing for people to do these days. And it's like. We should all quiet down and just say, look at how many people are in the world. For you to think that you're going to be the best at anything is ludicrous. Live your life. Do the things you want to do. Do them for all the right reasons. Because the wrong reasons are going to drive you crazy today. And the right reasons are going to make you happy today. And, you know... And when you are just following your fascination, yeah, you will be surprised. It, it will not take as much time before you're surprised and you're like, whoa, that's that's awesome. And, you know, it's like maybe maybe you never will compete um, in, you know, like a rock climbing Olympics or whatever. But is that does that matter or or? is the thing that matters you're finding out more about yourself you know more about what makes you happy right now and doing something like that because like when i went into that gym like i watched that documentary and i was like and i felt it i felt like that that long yearning and i was like whoa what is that i gotta i gotta see about that and then i went into that gym and i'm like oh my god this is fulfilling so many things like my long lasting fear of heights I, I had to overcome that, like using the belay system. And it, there was like a different part of my brain with the problem solving. Cause you're like, okay, I got to have my hand right here. And, and there's like a coordination with my body that was like, I've never felt coordinated. But then as I was like doing this, I'm like, this is, this is working out a muscle. I had no other way to work out before. And I've always felt kind of like uncoordinated. But for whatever reason, as I was working out these problems, like my my mind started coordinating. And I'm like, if I if I could do this every day, I bet you I would start to become better at thinking of other things, you know, like this. This would become a metaphor to solve problems in different in other different ways. And maybe that's all it was ever there for. It's like you know, that's why I'm subconsciously yearning to this thing. It's like, no, no, no. You don't need to be a professional rock climber. You need this because this is this is like the stone that's going to sharpen your axe. Yeah. You, you know, this isn't your axe. This is just the stone that's going to sharpen it. Uh, yeah, you and you, you definitely, I think, 
we don't always know why we want something or why something we never know we never we never do i mean that's a yeah yeah like why chris why why did the incredible hulk why did you like him and i it's funny i think about that often and it's and it just after the fact decades later it's like you in hindsight you can connect all these dots that there's no way because at the time it was just like he's he's strong i want to that'd be cool to be strong i like arnold you know um but now it's like it's almost like there was a lot of mental mental things going on that i appreciate that i would i understood like even and it wasn't like it's something that happened after the fact like uh, some type of uh, predictive thing that i would only it would only mean something in the future it meant something back then too i just didn't know exactly and that's and like nate you were wolverine back when and... he was not as popular for the record oh he I was know. not the high shit like he was always no, he popular was... but he wasn't like the guy yeah exactly and that's and that fascinates me and i remember i was very spider-man and very cyclops Mm -hmm. i want like thinking back i'm like cyclops was the coolest looking character to me out of out of all characters spider-man was awesome but it was like i was fascinated with spider-man's abilities i didn't really think his suit looked all that cool but there was something about like him being able to you know and like he couldn't he couldn't fly because that that was always like you know everyone wants to fly but it was like there's something i liked about the fact that he couldn't fly but he was basically flying yeah and he could climb you know he just stick so it's like there was a there was another level of it um but Cyclops, visually looking at Cyclops, there was something that I was connecting with. And it's ironic because it's almost like these things that, you know, called to us, you know, um, they have a deep subconscious um, connection to our personality. And I think about that and I'm like, more often than not i've been able to focus in and everything outside of my my tunnel vision i fail at but the thing that is like right there in front of me that i'm like harnessing or creating it's like that thing starts developing and why did you say turning the sun into a laser you know i mean (laughs) i know well that was the thing is that i recently i started looking back and i'm like (laughs) How young was I when I, I was like, I like the way he looks, <laughs> you know? and then I'm just drawing, I'm drawing Cyclops, I'm drawing some other guy with laser focus, and I have laser focus, and it's like it's just bizarre. It's bizarre how these things, you know, we connect with them. Nate, what would you know? Um, what is your interpretation of you? subconsciously connecting with wolverine i was as you were talking about that i was thinking like what would it be if it was almost like something i needed to work on and i think it would be healing 
because that's what comes to mind with Wolverine is his ability to heal. So it's like maybe I need to work on that. Maybe that was the message that I need to learn how to heal myself, that I take my – and thinking about it, anything that I've ever done and learned, oh. I'm extremely hard on myself, you know? So I need to realize that that's my growth process and I have to heal myself and, and be okay with it and I'll get stronger. It's like the, the scab on the wound. Like you're going to get, I'm going to get stronger because of that. Oh my God. Okay. So this is fucking crazy. Uh, think, thank God we brought this up. So this was a metaphor that I wrote down, not even applying it to Cyclops. This was one of my self metaphors was at times I'm a laser beam. When I'm in this state, everything beside me, beside my primary focus falls away and or suffers greatly. Other times I'm a prism, colorful and fragmented, and my awareness is high and my focus is low. When I'm here, I'm less comfortable and less productive. It reminds me of Cyclops when he's he's got you know his goggles off and it's all over the place and it's like fireworks and yeah it's really good to look at but he is getting nothing done and it's not uh you know there's there's too much he can't he can't um do that and it's it's great i'm glad we're bringing this up because i i recently i felt this with um with creative projects right now where i'm like eh, i'm starting to get a little fragmented it, it's too much i already have enough with this one this has been my my focus and this should be my focus because i still have other things that i have to balance within this you know this isn't just my this is my one creative thing but i can't have more than you know one creative thing because then that's going to eat up time elsewhere and it's like families prime you know that's the primary focus that's what i'm doing uh 10 12 hours a day and i only have this much time and if that's going to be a movie which takes up a crap ton of time i don't have any other time for that that's that's fragmented so this is already tremendously helpful and reassuring and reaffirming to uh things that are going on so it just makes me feel freaking great <laughs> thanks guys what about you banner you're welcome thank you i I think it was always there, but there was, it was funny. I mean, of course, I remember specific comics, specific issues. Uh, one in particular was one where his multiple personalities for, I mean, decades upon decades um, had been always a nuisance. You've got Banner, who's smart, while um, Hulk is not. Hulk is the strongest one there is, he's an idiot. He's the angrier he gets, the stronger he gets, but it's all at the expense of not having all the attributes Banner does, and Banner doesn't have the strength. And this one episode issue, he's going into berserker mode, as all three of these characters have, <laughs> and um, he ends up, instead of taking on the person that he's fighting, he ends up, his personalities are attacking each other inside his own mind, and um he has to enlist the well i mean he doesn't even enlist it but the psychiatrist uh superhero friend helps him and i mean he's ripping the personalities are tearing each other apart from the inside 
um, and this guy merges these three personalities into one where he's all three uh, uh, there's another one as well um, but now he's Hulk Banner's still there he's this new being with all of the attributes all in one he's no longer fighting himself instead of being divided now he's this new evolution of himself and I remember the scene at the very end of the episode I mean in, in the middle it's it's hell inside of himself and all of a sudden he's merged and he's transcended these three fighting personalities and he comes home to, to Betty his wife and he's this new shade of green and he's talking like Banner obviously but in this seven foot tall behemoth body and she's looking at him you know like half attracted half like shocked and scared and he says honey i'm home and i remember that and i just was showing me that i loved it i i i still have those and it was like who came up with these ideas? Like you, you cannot tell me someone, that these are just stupid. Someone that was going through it. <laughs> stupid comics, you know. And why is it so important to me? And that was something I was going through as a teenager, and I think I'm still going through. And I look back, and I think I have a lot to learn from these, and I'm trying to put that into my life. And I, I think I've always felt like, like. I need to get better at merging those personalities. I always feel like there's a war going on inside my head. And I am wasting all my energy. When I look at that image of Hulk at the very end, he's no longer wasting anything. He's he's transcended all of his internal demons that are no longer fighting himself. Now he's on the other side, and it might be hell to get there. But it's like, um, it's the outcome, I think. And I, that, there's archetypes there. There's, there's metaphors and there's, it's just brilliant. And I think it takes a, another metaphor that came up for me, which, uh, is, it just feels like when I'm divided, I feel like I've got. I think I'm taking this too far, but basically it's the it's when I was talking about that in the first part, the that warrior mentality is that I take it on, but it just seems like that that armor that I'm wearing ends up being the weapon that's hurting myself. And it's a this one quote that I read that I loved years ago that I think applies. Uh, this Swedish poet had, um, has this quote, and it says, uh, I walk slowly into myself through a forest of empty suits of armor. And that, to me, is that's the process of enlightenment. That's the process of waking up. That's the process of revolutionizing yourself, of becoming a, a self-aware, mature human being. And I've always wondered, and I was thinking this today, that my that armor, that the current armor that I'm always wearing, always seems to be the the root of the 
the thing that needs to be let go of for me. And when I can do anything that somehow injures that armor, I feel I can I can let it go. And I'm better at navigating through the world. And that takes transcending a former aspect of self. And it's, I think that has a lot to do with, you know, why I felt the Hulk was so personal to me. I've found, like, hearing both your, you know, both your connections to, like, Hulk and Nate, your connection to Wolverine, it's crazy because I've, I've experienced both of those. Like, um, perhaps in, in on intense levels too and it's like it's it's strange to me that it's like okay that called to that called to you early on and i think you faced that challenge earlier on um and same with you nate with wolverine <laughs> and same with me it's so crazy how it's like we've i and i'm assuming the same is for you guys that it's like yeah you've nate you know chris you've had laser focus and you both have um i'm sure had healing issues so you do connect with that but it's almost like these uh these archetypes called to us first <laughs> to let us know like this is your first challenge you're still going to go through those other challenges and i still like i thought wolverine was kick-ass but it was like i knew he wasn't mine <laughs> i thought i thought hulk was fucking awesome and i remember like going through your comics i'm like oh wow but i knew it wasn't mine and not yet you know and it's like you're going to reach that challenge but it's gonna be later on and so it's like you need to be aware of it but you don't need to be ultra aware of it you were in it when you know you were freaking in it um during that time of your life you needed wolverine nate you know you needed hulk because you needed to be you're right up there with it and that's fascinating to me yeah, I think it would, and it would be like if anybody listened to this, they'd be like, "What are you guys talking about?" But I think those those examples make so much sense to each one of us because we all felt it. We were like, "Oh, that's my guy!" Like, and I'm sure everybody has that, and that's probably a lesson. There are no coincidences. I think those are lessons for everybody. When you like, when you know, you're like, "That's my guy." It's like, there is something there for you. There's a reason you pulled that in for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, Ninja Turtles, go. Donatella obviously well I'm saying like <laughs> we know our Ninja Turtles you were Donatello Chris was Michelangelo and I was Leonardo now why do you think we were given those because we definitely that again it was like that was that was there and it's weird because in this um, for me personally I think maybe it's because I've never felt necessarily like a leader Leonardo leads um, I think of those three Nate you best fit Donatello 
because even early on you took to uh, well both of you did you took to like technology way better than I did so it's like I never felt an inkling of um, Donatello in me but and this this could be like getting too nerdy on it but it's like I do believe there's there's something there that of all the Renaissance painters to attach to this character that we would randomly you know I was born on the exact day uh, April 15th as Leonardo da Vinci and I've talked to you about this Nate that it's like and I think you too Chris that it's like these things they come to you and it's like then you start peeling back the onion of coincidence and you're like yeah there's no coincidence here there's like so many freaking things that are that are hitting you you know and it's like okay well what does that mean well what does that mean because that came to me i didn't call that i didn't personally go and actively look into that and say um this is me now it's mine it was i was a young kid and then we were given these ninja turtles and we like attached ourselves in some sort of weird way to that identity and then it was only years later that I found out, you know, and I was like, so I was Leonardo. Who's Leonardo da Vinci? And then I look into him and I'm like, oh, he was an artist too. Well, I'm an artist. And that, you know, it's like put connecting these dots way after the fact. And it's like, oh, he's an artist. And he was like one of, he was a very, you know, um, he was like a, the Renaissance man of the time. And then he has this high aptitude he's like an engineering mind uh and he was born on april 15th it's like why was i supposed to be attached to that i think my first inclination when you said like you're ninja turtle i'm like i don't feel the same thing with it but then instantly and maybe it's just because they were you know more like the version that we saw was the cartoons not as much as like the the character flaws and things like our other characters right there but I don't know that much about Donatello, the artist, and that makes me want to go read about him. I, yeah. I yeah. think that maybe that's what I'm going to kind of, I'm going to go him. explore. Yeah. Well, I know that Ed, that was funny because even Michelangelo, I don't feel, yeah, I know he was my character, but um, there's a hell of a difference between Michelangelo, the painter and Michelangelo, the turtle. And I wonder, yeah. cause I always, I think after the fact, it felt like, you know, if there was anybody that I felt closer to as far as personality with the turtles was Raph. Um, but uh, I would think Michael Michelangelo, the painter, was probably more Raph than he was Michelangelo, the turtle. You know, I mean, G. he was this, this <laughs> so Leonardo, never satisfied, brooding. You know, it's you know he wasn't pizza and cowabunga. You know, no, he was take uh, the church's money and hide esoteric symbology in the paintings. <laughs> it, yeah, like a G. <laughs> Same with and Leonardo. Those guys were, they were, they were fucking, they were wild. Fascinating, <laughs> fascinating guys. Because this is here's the weird thing about Michelangelo. Because I was, I, I looked it up. It was, um, several months ago. I was just like going down a rabbit hole and kept finding one thing after the other with Leonardo, and, and then I became fascinated with Donatello and Michelangelo. Because I'm like, I want to know Nate and Chris, you know what that connection is and Michelangelo is really fascinating because I had heard stories before 
that um, they were looking at ledgers of of like um, payments that he was getting and they weren't adding up because he was doing like along with all of his like church commissions he was also doing because uh, he had the the skills he would recreate paintings that had been done up to that point that were really expensive so he'd recreate them and then give those recreations the facsimiles that he painted to other people and that like he would swap them and so he would have original paintings that were worth a ton of money at that time because he was good enough to fake those paintings and so then he would resell the real painting for a lot of money but the the interesting thing is is that he himself lived like a poor man mm -hmm. what was he doing with all that money because <laughs> they said like they said that like if you went went back you know all records said that he lived as a poor man because he didn't want to experience more than he was because um, I mean he was a very religious man he's like I don't this is all I need and he wanted to live to that minimum and nothing more so it just I'm like was he Robin Hood was he like you know he's painting stuff that's religious he's probably like you know he's looking at I'm you know I'm sure he's looking at all this gaudy you know uh, art and how they're viewing it and how they're you know kind of uh, perverting it and they're spending all this money he's probably just robbing from the church you know or like robbing from all these you know um, organizations that are using it for the wrong way and he's rerouting it in Could some be. way I and mean, that's the only thing i can think of mm. well even right now i think that his facsimiles have probably got to be more valuable than <laughs> the, the originals of I these other guys they are because and you had said it too he goes he was probably one of the rare rare people that was famous while he was alive everybody else yeah. was like they attained it after their death and he was not he was the rock star but he was not the rock star personality you know um, yeah he they they were writing a biography while he was still alive which like now that happens all the time but back then that was seen as like oh god you know that's so for the ego but everyone across the board they're like no like he didn't commission that there was somebody that was doing it with his consent but they asked him and like the art world renet like they just all agreed uh, you know like yeah this needs to happen the guy's you know on a whole nother level yeah still is yeah you just gave me my next our next uh meet the masters catching waves oh, episode <laughs> God. you're gonna dictate yeah. that know your turtle <laughs> yes awesome that would be fun it's um i lost my thought is that it 
It could be. I think so. I've got nothing. Yeah. It was weird, good. too, because I was like, my mind was definitely on something, and it just went gone. <laughs> my ass has been sweating. <laughs> yeah. Roasted. I think we're good. Roasted chestnuts. I think we're good. We've got, uh, and that's an awesome spot to, to end it, where it's like, the universe cuts us off. We're all in this space, and it's like, We've got our next episode just laid out before us. This is what we're going to be doing. I feel like I've already done uh, a little bit of homework on that, but my God, I would love to dive more into that. There was some fascinating stuff I was finding with with both your guys, um, with Turtles and definitely with Leonardo. Well, when my turn comes up, I think that's what I'm going to go with. Cool. Oh, it's Chris's turn next? I think it is, right, Chris? I believe so. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did death, and then Nate did the breathing exercises, and then Phil did metaphors. So, I believe I'm up. All right. All right. Well, still your thunder, oh. but I don't have the idea just yet. No pressure. All right. Well, I'm. I'm glad that we had two parts to this. I. Yeah. It was nice to kind of double time and get some more. And I. I don't know. Just something about seeing you guys tonight. It's like uh, Nate. You had that text the other day about sarah being interested and it was like i i always like that point where something happens in catching waves where it requires a little change you know a little moving forward you know whatever it is and just even the idea of someone else being like wanting to have access to this and listen was like ooh, that's that's coming so uh i'm i'm just so grateful that we have this opportunity and that we have the ability to go back and listen and uh, yeah. we're pushing ourselves and we're, we're thinking about stuff, you know? 